Welcome to Nomcast, where we take a deep dive into your food and splash around to see what we can find. I'm your host, Alice Saslavsky, and I'd recommend you tighten your harness and zip your jacket right up to your chin for today's episode, because we're going to be talking about foods that survive some of the harshest conditions in the known universe. But first, let's start things off with a question. Just how far would you go to eat your favourite meal? Would you, for example, risk sending your entire country broke so you could eat a plate of fresh pineapple? Because that's what the King of France did back in the 18th century. Well, sort of. The French royals were definitely known to love their pineapples. And who can blame them? The problem was, back then, pineapple seedlings kept dying on their way from the tropics to France. Then, once they finally arrived, the winter killed off most of the pineapple survivors. Still, enough were grown to give the French a sweet and sour taste they could not resist. Legend has it that when King Louis XIV tried his first pineapple, he got so excited that he bit right through the flesh and chomped on his bottom lip. If you go to the Palace of Versailles, you can still see a painting of a pineapple hanging above one of Queen Marie Antoinette's private rooms. It's a tribute to the clever gardeners and botanists who finally perfected the art of growing rare fruits and veggies on the palace grounds. One fine day in 1733, they succeeded in presenting King Louis XV with two perfect palace-grown pineapples. After that, they became an absolute favourite with the court, and the king reportedly spent big piles of money making sure the hothouses were growing as many pineapples as possible. By then, they'd also figured out how to grow other tropical delights, such as vanilla and coffee. But while the kings and queens and princes and dukes were busy with new creations like pineapple sorbet, the rest of France was having more and more trouble putting any food on the table at all. By the time Louis XVI was in charge, things had gone from bad to worse. So the people rose up and executed both him and his wife Marie Antoinette during the French Revolution. One of the rarest foods in France these days has to be the Perigord, otherwise known as the black truffle. It's a fungus that grows underground, mostly on oak tree roots. These truffles are so hard to find that you traditionally need a well-trained pig to sniff them out. And it's a good idea to make sure that pig is extra well-behaved. Otherwise, they might gobble up all the tasty, funky, earthy fungus for themselves. In Italy, if you're equipped with the proper pigs, you might be able to sniff out the white Piedmontese truffle, a.k.a. the white diamond another delicacy that's known to drive people a bit wild. It's said that back in 1368, the Duke of Clarence married a woman in Italy who owned some truffle-rich hills. But he got too excited and stuffed himself with too many truffles on the night of the wedding. He ate so many that he died from overeating and never got to enjoy truffles again. If you don't have a decent pig or a truffle inheritance, you can always try the Middle East or the Kalahari Desert in southern Africa, where people dig mines in search of the fancy fungus. Some people are even known to risk their lives to go digging about in war zones because they know they'll get paid a princely sum for these truffles. 
So there are foods that grow in dangerous and hard-to-find places. And then there are foods that were once so useful, abundant, and potentially delicious that we'll never actually know what they tasted like at all. Take silphium, for example. It's a plant the ancient Romans and Greeks used for seasoning, perfume, and medicine. They loved it so much that they mentioned it in poems and even put pictures of it on coins. For centuries, the local kings of Cyrene, now known as Libya, embraced the silphium trade. But today, it's all gone. There's a chance it's growing somewhere, but no one's on record as finding any yet. The last mention of it in history was when the last known stalk of it was given to the Emperor Nero around 54 to 68 AD. Apparently, he gobbled it right down without a second thought. So what happened to silphium? The theory goes that it was a particularly fussy plant that only grew in this narrow strip of Cyrene after a fair bit of rain. The Greeks and Romans couldn't figure out how to farm it, and despite strict rules about how much you could harvest, people were so obsessed that they'd gather and sell it illegally. So despite its value, they couldn't keep it growing, and within a 100 years, the plant had disappeared completely. Silvio's Silphium Emporium is now open. We got Silphium gum, Silphium soup, sweet Silphium soda pop. Silphium lentils with a side of pickled silphium. Silphium dipped in vinegar. Silphium stored in artisan jars. Salty silphium on a stick. Diet silphium. Silphium plus protein in both powdered and tablet form. Rare silphium coins, cards, and collectibles. The complete works of Greek silphium poetry. Nero's silphium lyre jams on DVD, Blu-ray, and via digital download. Silvio's Silphium sing-alongs, Roman odes to the lush fields of Cyrene, the chronicles of Silphium volumes 1, 2, and 3, Silphium 4, Return of the Silphium, and a super-exclusive yet-to-be-released director's cut of Silphium 6, Escape from the Laser Maze. Come check out Silvio's Silphium Emporium today. We're at 147 Silphium Road, Silphium. Open seven days a week, all year round, excluding public holidays. Silvio's Silphium Emporium, proud sponsors of the Phenomenon Nomcast. Some tastes are destined to be a mystery, while others can survive in unlikely places. Divers off the coast of Finland once discovered bottles of champagne in a shipwreck that was nearly 170 years old. It was so well preserved in the cold water that people drank it. Apparently, it tasted a little leathery. The Navy has worked out how to feed over 100 sailors three meals a day while they spend up to three months underwater. It's not all powdered stuff either. They get fish, sausages, beef, lamb and vegetables. According to logistics officers, the trick is to keep things frozen until you need them and to pack everything in as tightly as possible. But you certainly don't need to go deep underwater to find some incredible stories of food survival. In the 1960s, archaeologists unearthed a 2,000-year-old clay jar that contained the seeds of an extinct Judean date palm tree. Then, a botanical researcher named Elaine Soloway decided to plant some of the seeds in 2005, just to see what would happen, really. And they actually grew. Now it's the oldest known tree seed to germinate. 
It's already got some flowers and might even produce some dates. If that happens, people will be able to time travel with their tongues. Sooner or later, life tends to find a way. When the ancient Romans named Jupiter after the god of thunder, it's hard to imagine they'd believe we'd be sending equipment up to Europa, one of Jupiter's ocean-filled moons, hoping to see what grows in alien water. Or that Chinese astronauts are planning to grow potatoes on the moon. Or that we'd be talking about sending astronauts on a seven-month trip to Mars, where they'd survive on freeze-dried food until they could grow their own hydroponically. Are you sick of traveling in the same old car to the same old beach and digging the same old holes? Why not visit Europa, Jupiter's greatest moon? It's the smoothest place in the known universe. That's billions and billions of square kilometers worth of silvery, pure wonder. Watch safely from our luxurious viewing deck as the fifth and largest planet from the sun rises from the icy horizon and sails across the sky with all of the awesome majesty you'd expect from the Roman god of thunder. Lay back and relax as tidal flexing needs Europa's icy shell into a soothing hum. Experience the energizing glow from radioactive decay. Try your luck with possible superhuman strength and mutation. Take a submarine trip deep down into the icy oceans in search for alien life forms. Rumor has it they're like us, only icy cool. Call 131313-Europa to find out more. People are already embracing technology to grow food in some of the coldest climates on Earth. These polar permaculture systems are set up in the Arctic regions of Norway, Canada and Alaska. And it's led to some pretty creative uses of space, like the old hockey rink in northwest Canada that's been converted into a greenhouse. Now it's growing about 1,500 square metres worth of fresh food. Urban gardeners are working out how to green up unused bits of land all over the world. Sometimes they'll just find patches of dirt along train lines or on abandoned lots and start building gardens. If the local community is behind it, it can be a really fun way to get people together. Because, ultimately, if they can figure out how to make pineapples grow in France back in the 18th century, turning some old dirt into a nice patch of zucchinis is something most of us can probably manage. All right. Quiz time. Question one. Which king was presented with two nice, locally grown pineapples in 1733? Question two. Who grew a tree from a 2,000-year-old seed? Question three. What are some of the things you eat on a submarine? Question four. Which of Jupiter's moons has lots of water? Question five. What kind of fungus do people search for with the help of pigs? Question six. What plant did the ancient Romans farm to the point of extinction? Okay, that's all we have time for. Make sure you check phenomenom.com.au for the quiz answers and for more deep dives from the Phenomenom Nomcast. Over and out.
This podcast was brought to you by Hort Innovation using the mushroom and onion research and development levies and funds from the Australian government. For more information, visit horticulture.com.au. For more information on Phenomenom, check out phenomenom.com.au.